0: All right, so we get to St. Louis, right, at Fear the Con, and we're staying a good old quality inn, (laughs) which you stayed at before, right?
1: Yes, for uh, another Fear the the Con a couple years ago.
0: So it's like, I knew this going in. I knew it's like half the hotel... That inspired all your Carcosa scenarios. <laughs> yeah. So I go, and you're like, oh, yeah, we have stayed here before. And then I call my girlfriend, and she's like, yeah, I stayed there when I moved to St. Louis. And then I call my parents later that week, and they're like, oh, yeah, I think we had our honeymoon there because we stayed up at Westport. And like Literally everyone I talked to the entire weekend, including strangers I met at the con, is like, having not, n- the- I say it, and they're like, no recognition. But then we go to the hotel, and everybody's like. I've been here before, <laughs> and all the lights flicker, and there's weird evangelical preaching coming down hallways. And screw that hotel; it was terrifying.
1: <laughs> now you understand the uh, the appeal of Carcosa. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so, in this episode of Game Designers Workshop, we're going to be talking about con work. You uh, God, so enjoy.
0: The worst of days. My in the worst so,
1: of RPPR Game Designers Workshop Episode 5, Conwork. We're talking about dealing with uh, conventions for uh, as a game designer, and... Uh, because cons are fun, but when you're a game designer, they're also professional events. They're there so you can sell your work, so you can promote it, and so you can reach out with fans and other uh, game designers, publishing companies, podcasters, uh, what have you. They're important to deal with. So uh, since we went to Fear the Con, both in our professional capacity as game designers, uh, we uh, thought we would do – I mean, we there's so much we, we got out of it that we, we – going to do a whole uh, episode on it. So
0: Yeah, I'd never been to a convention um, as a person trying to sell a physical object before uh, because I'd gone and I'd promoted the no security scenarios and I'd gone and promoted RPPR by recording uh, the initial episodes of this podcast, but I'd never gone to sell a book before. Um, so what I find, uh, I think it's very useful in, in preparations for getting Red Markets out because uh, Fear the Con is just big enough to... Uh, really be worth your time but at the same time it's still small enough that you can kind of see uh, your effect of a con in action whereas if like the first time I went to a con to try and sell a book was Gen Con there's 40,000 people there I'm going to have no
1: clear idea <laughs> of like my promotion working or not yeah I mean that's the first thing is you need to have a game plan you can't just you, you rush in I mean literally as a game designer you cannot just show up with books or Whatever to sell and be like, hey, buy my shit because you at least need a place to sell the merchandise and you really do need their permission to sell <laughs> your merchandise. So, um,
0: yeah, we exchanged emails. You were still in China when we started exchanging mm-hmm. emails with them and then. That's just the work on our end. God knows how long. They're probably prepping for Fear the Con 8 now.
1: Oh, I'm sure they are. Like a week
0: after the fact.
1: So, uh, they're, Yeah, usually cons are a yearly event, so usually the preparation begins immediately after <laughs> the last one. And if you're trying, like, I mean, there's several ways you can do this. One, like what we did uh, for Fear of the Con was we contacted them, and they say, hey, we have a guy selling merchandise. He, bring your books. He'll sell them for you, and he'll take a cut of mm-hmm. like 25%. Yeah and uh i mean we did sell a couple books directly to fans after running events or whatever but uh he did that for the most part and that was that was a great deal like uh because we don't have to be there at the booth the entire time so we can go out and like run events and like say hi to the fans and i actually get to play game you know i I got to play games which was weird and i i wasn't sure yeah <laughs> i was like is this really it's happening a trick. yeah i know I <laughs> uh, it's uh, what what's going on? I'm being am I being sold time shares?
0: So yeah, uh, economics wise there's an economy of scale to this kind of thing. Yeah. Um so for instance a GinCon, Con, uh, the Indie Game Developers Network, mm-hmm. um, they uh, you pay a flat rate and I believe this year it was like four hundred, two hundred yeah. up front, two hundred afterwards, but then you get the booth and um, you get whatever books you sell from the booth. So you hawk everybody's books and you work four hour shifts but you're making 100% of every sale you make at Gen Con. No. So like, if you are partnered together with 30 or 40 or 50 other designers or you're working for a company as a freelancer and you can get like 100% booth time, it's worth your time to go work a booth right. and shill your book right there. On the other hand, at Fear the Con, like even if they had set up a booth or let us set up a booth where we're just selling base raiders and zombies of the world yeah. and no security... I don't think that would have been worth our time and worth the 25% because I think we got more sales playing our games and selling them that way than we would have just, you know, being... Like Newsies extras, yeah, hey, apes, yeah, get to you know like
1: right, as a game designer, uh especially if you only have one or two books out, you are one or two products out, it could be a board game, it could be a card game, whatever uh cons are usually better if you, uh, selling your merchandise isn't your main goal it's promoting i mean it's all action promotion is basically always your number one goal for any convention, I think, yeah,
0: expect to make no money, uh
1: yeah, breaking even is financial is like you did really like you sold enough books to cover your hotel, transportation, and food costs. Uh, which are not, and badge costs or whatever else expect to make no money could be the tagline of this podcast i kind of want to go back and, and yeah
0: retitle it anyway. uh
1: what a what, no you had a better name that you thought of in the oh, podcast oh yeah of-
0: the, yeah the podcast forum uh dan from fear the boot said we really should have just called the the podcast recording my mistakes in real time <laughs> uh, yeah yeah
1: uh but so in fear the con, uh, so we got our badges and our transportation cost wasn't that much because we're it's in St. Louis, we're in Springfield. It's like a three hour drive,
0: and I'm a native, so yeah. I wasn't like
1: it's not a big touristy thing. And the it quality was in to get around was only sixty dollars a night. Like the quality
0: was, in everyone stays. You there see, in they their don't dreams. mention <laughs> what kind of
1: quality it is, so it's not false advertising. It's, yeah, it is a quality. <laughs>
0: Yes, the uh chocolate tea. I'm gonna pray it's chocolate. Yeah. Stains on the remote, the flickering lights. It was really
1: just a the dream. wind fan for the air conditioner. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was like sleeping in a wind tunnel <laughs> for jet fuselage.
1: uh That's why I bring earplugs down to every single con. If it's not snoring, it's the AC or it's some damn thing.
0: Well, yeah, that's anyway. Uh, that's con survival yeah, tip. That's con survival.
1: Um. So we but then of course we also set up like I ran two games you ran three games or four games? I ran three games. Three yeah. games. I also went to the podcast open forum uh where we sort of talk shop with other podcasters and podcast fans could ask questions about it. And uh, I didn't record that event uh simply because it went for 4 hours and it was pretty informal. Very informal. Yeah. And there were some like I wouldn't say like secrets but it was pretty like gossipy in sometimes and so I don't want like uh, there are times I wouldn't want to it get. Was, it. I didn't it was want to weirdly gossipy. Yeah, so I don't want to get. We'll get into professionalism in a little bit. Yeah. but like be, on, on as a professional, I didn't want to get in between or like post stuff that you know some people might having permanently out there on the internet. So yeah. Um. So when you when you yeah as a game designer when you go to a con you have to think about what you, how you're going to go there how are you going to spend your time I mean like. If you're selling something, your goal is just to break even. Um, if you make uh, an actual profit, great. But like, you know, there's this opportunity cost. You have to think about how you're going to spend your time uh, as efficiently as possible. Because while you're there to have fun, I mean, I mean, that's great. But you're there all. You have it's a, such a unique advantage. You want to take a, advantage of it as much as possible. Yeah. Um. So
0: well, I I mean, on that issue, that's one of the reasons I'm really glad we went because it was a perfect like. Experiment to see yeah. how that stuff would work for Red Marcus on a larger scale. So, I broke even. Mm-hmm. Like when you factor in my print runs and my cost for traveling up there, yeah, uh, everything except the hotel room, I I, I broke even money wise. Yeah, when I profited is when I got home and on DTRPG I sold three books. Yeah, I had I didn't sell a single book last month. So yeah. those are people who went home, regretted not buying No Security at the table. And then they got online and bought it because friends told them about it or things of that nature. So, yeah, it, it is very much if you're going to profit off of a con experience, it's going to be on the back end in mm-hmm. terms of promotion because that word of mouth kind of promotion, like you play a game with somebody, they really enjoy the game, and they tell all their friends about it. Right, you can't you can't beat that with banner ads or anything else. Like that's right. the best kind of. Advice you're gonna well,
1: I mean, the 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 soul, heart and soul of tabletop gaming, the industry, is the demo, is the con scenario. yes yeah. like someone who knows the game showing new people how to play it. I mean, that's that's just how it works. Period. It doesn't matter if it's a board game, a card game, an RPG. Like you need people to get their asses in the chair and like play the game, and you need to like playing the game is how you sell it um and how people learn it and you 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 show it to five you know you you spend four hours running it for five or six people and they uh then tell their other people like hey we're just one of those people we're gonna run this you know at home so that's five sales from one person you know yeah you get the idea um so this is kind of like the, the bread and butter. If you want to be a game designer and have any kind of success, this is what you kind of need to do. And the thing is about cons is there are different levels of cons and you have to kind of figure out how you're going to uh, hit them. Like, are you going to spend it all on a big con like Gen Con? Or are you going to hit a, min- a lot of small cons? Because there's tons of regional cons these days. Yeah. And like, uh, specialty-focused cons. Like, Fear the Con was almost more like a gaming club rather than a traditional con because it was so focused on tabletop events, as opposed to, like, VisionCon, which is here in Springfield, and that's very focused towards celebrity autographs, uh... Drinking. Drinking after hours. Bacchanalian orgies. Of <laughs> Geeks gone wild. Terrifying people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, co- yeah, and the cosplay and the, the 501st and the other sort of organized events. So you kind of have to think about how you want to, um, bracket your time, so, um... Yeah, it's a matter of picking your spots, mm-hmm. like, um... And yeah, of course gonna you want to
0: hit big things like Gen Cons and Oranges, but like you're spending a lot of money from that, and then conversely you gotta think about your products. You gotta think how much it's gonna cost to go there. Mm-hmm. You could easily be wasting your time there by getting lost in the noise. Where mm-hmm. if you went to like three or four small cons and stayed at like Airbnb yeah. houses and you could sell a lot for people that because um, the thing about small cons is what I find is that you get more gamers that are likely not to have heard about your project because they're not really that tapped in. You see more, to me, those smaller cons, you see more of the, I've been playing Pathfinder or D&D with the same group of guys for Mm -hmm. 40 years or that kind. And then you get people who are can be bought into a brand new thing. They're they're not, like, living on the RPG.net forums and, like, scrolling DTRPG by the hour. Yeah. Yeah, you can... That's a clear You can really expand your... Yeah. Expand your demographic first, just being available to them.
1: Um, One thing I was also to keep in mind, uh, promotional um, materials for cons, that's another consideration. Uh, So, like... Do you print like I have buttons for RPPR? Uh, but you could also get postcards like you have, or yeah. um no the security. website on it, yeah. And stuff uh, like that. so that's another thing because the larger con you have, you can like sort of hand these out to people or put them like usually larger cons about well, tables where people and like there are people who will go there and grab everything and then like look it up later
0: yeah and um that's one of my regrets i need to get cards printed before gen con yeah because i've got my twitter account now yeah and it's pretty much entirely promotional for the games yeah and then the the website has moved so yeah but yeah I, I need to do some more of that on
1: my end uh, so yeah, that's something to think about, and that's that's why this these small cons, like definitely as a game designer, before you head to any big con, you should at least run your shit in a small con.
0: It, yes, yeah, uh, I'm very I'm very confident going into Gen Con now. Yeah. With the scenarios I have, because I ran everything, I'm going to run at Gen
1: Con. Now I am running two new scenarios at Gen Con that I will not run at a con before. But I've run so many games at Gen Con, and I will run them in the next month. So uh, Ross is a terrible monster. I am a terrible monster, and you guys who signed up for my Elder Godlike game at Kerberos Club, you're you're in for a treat.
0: He's going to play it eventually.
1: I will, Kerberos Club is the same game system as Base Raiders. All right, I just I just glued some gears on Base Raiders, and it's Kerberos Club. All right, I don't know why you're laughing. It's the same goddamn system, Caleb. to stop laughing. Because
0: uh, your entire aesthetic is, we'll do it live. <laughs> it's, your time. it's your entire design. Is I did. I
1: prepared for tribes to Tokyo. All right. Fuck it. We'll do it live. That's that's it. It works most of the time. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, so talking about events uh, uh, again, the, the the main consideration at conventions, aside from money. And, like, you know, do you spend your money getting printing those promotional expenses? Because, like, uh, obviously a lot of those cards are going to get thrown away. So you're only going to get them in. And do you get buttons, you know? And, like, what kind of buttons do you get? Or, like, stickers? Or, like, there's a ton of, you know, little schwag things you can get. Yeah. And how do you spend that? But, like, so money aside... Um, so, like, another thing is like for hotel rooms, like, how much money do you spend on a hotel? Do you get the cheapest possible, or do you get the one that's close by so you have more time at the con and stuff like that? Those are, those are valid. And yet
0: design. again, that's going to depend on the location. Like, yeah. St. Louis, nothing is close to anything. Like, yeah. if you don't have a car, you're essentially but. crippled. Like, yeah. there's nowhere to Everything is made of highways. Like, <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't want to say it's like L.A., but it's an L.A. designed t- city. Like, where walking is anathema to the idea of being there. Um, so, yeah, it didn't really matter there. But, like, Gen Con, you are way better off paying more for a hotel close to the con rather than having to, like, pilgrimage through downtown Indianapolis And every parking. Day. Yeah, and especially if you're doing it for promotional work and you're not just going to walk around and have fun. Like, if you have yeah. appointments to keep and... Like I'm doing something. I'm doing one or two things every single night after hours of DreamCon already, and that's yeah. before stuff that randomly pops up. Yeah, between like IDGN and Arc Dream and Posthuman and RPPR meetup and like yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be busy. Cool. I can't I can't afford it. I mean that's to, the
1: thing. Like you need to have a game, and that's the thing is you don't want to be wasting time. A lot of people go to cons for the first time, they don't know what to do, and they don't have a good time because like. They just kind of get lost, and they just assume the con will happen to them. But, (laughs) you know, you can't really make that assumption. You really do need to, like, be a little alpha nerd and plan ahead. So uh, Think Shadow of the Colossus. Find the little glyphs (laughs) that you want, and then crawl around on the con and stab them. But you have to think three glyphs ahead. You can't just think about the next glyph. Um, So how do you... How do you uh, budget your time, which is the core of a, a thing? Well, f- for me, I go by my voice.
0: Like, anything more than th- three games in two days or anything like that, my yeah. voice is going to give out. Yeah. Um, so, that's a really in terms of running games, like, I don't like... You heard me by the end of that con. I was mm-hmm. talking like... Bear- I was horse
1: too. Yeah. I was like
0: Barry White low. like, <laughs> And that's a sure sign that I'm about to just cut out. Yeah. Um, so, like, Gen Con between panels and, like, just talking to people to have fun. And then interviews and games. Like, I run, like, three games. We're doing two panels this year. And between that and the meetups every night, I imagine on Sunday I'm gonna sound like Tom Waits. Um but which would be awesome and I'll sing songs about like sad clowns walking through dark alleys. Um but Can you quote
1: from seven psychopaths at the end?
0: <laughs> Yeah. Uh and that but yeah. That that's how I plan my time. I base it around my
1: voice. Your need, like your physical yeah. abilities, like like yes. your, your endurance and your voice, uh, which is a really good way of doing it. Like it's it's in a it's a marathon event. It's not a sprint. You know, you had to last the distance, or you should you should try to because again, these are once a year. You don't. You, this is a you know once a year opportunity for you to reach out and really make a splash uh for me it's what my goal is for that con and like i've gone to gen con you know like five or six years now and so every con i've kind of had different goals for it like the first gen con i was like i want to network i want to meet people and like hey get, hire me for writing and that worked because <laughs> i got work for our dream and but since then so every year i've sort of had different goals like the year zombies of the world came out i ran zombie panels and shit like that because like hey buy my book yeah um
0: and for me, Gen Con this year is about, uh, last year was about getting Game Designers Workshop off the mm-hmm. ground. This year, is I still want to do some of that, but it's yeah. mainly about um, selling no security, Yeah, getting people excited for the uh, No Soul Left Behind Kickstarter so that yeah. I can get my money for that. And then, um, because I'm going to use those funds to buy art for red mm-hmm. markets. So it's not, uh, sadly, this is not the Red Markets buzz year where I try and get yeah. everyone excited about Red Markets. I need to, like, get spec art so I can run a
1: Kickstarter yeah. campaign. Uh, same here. I mean, I'm not going to be ready to run my next horror game Kickstarter, which will be called Ruin, um, or maybe City Mask. I'm, I have two. I Actually, it's become two games now, and we'll get right. into that later. Yeah. So there's been some feature creep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I'd say. We- <laughs> uh, but- hey, at least
0: you didn't want to try to design a gritty apocalyptic yeah. vampire game but design designing a D20 yeah. fantasy
1: game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, not playing a bonnie kick. Yeah. But with me, yeah, so... Every year, I have a different goal. Like, this year is promoting Base Raider, so I'm running Base Raider games along with... But I also want to keep, like, I like Arc Dream. I like working with Arc Dream, so I run Arc Dream events uh, also because they help get us rooms. And, like, uh, yeah, that's another thing. Develop relationships with people who are going to the con uh, so they can, you know, mutual benefit. You know, like, if you're a game designer with one book, can you sell my book? I'll run events for your company, you know, or... Um, If you're a media person, like, hey, can we, you know, spring for a mobile uh, Wi Fi hotspot so we can, you know, you get the internet so we can upload stuff during the con or whatever, just, or just fellow congoers, hey, let's split this room.
0: Yeah, yeah. but I mean, the Fear of the Con guys were great this year. Oh, yeah. And they were really helpful, and I had no complaints, and they put on a gated event. But I think next year, if we go, it'll go even smoother because, like, mm-hmm. we ran a table. Mm-hmm. So basically, how we did it is I, I run a four hour game, and then Ross yeah. would run a four hour game, and I'd run a four hour game, and we had sold out events every single time. Yeah. So we ended up running like how you ran two. Yeah. Part- so we so yeah we ran five sold out games. Yeah. And we helped out with the. Um, like we started the R P P, we, we started the R P G podcast thing because Dan yeah. slept in. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's going to go even smoother next year because, like, yeah, we did try and become an asset, yeah. to the cons. So, um,
1: so that with that in mind, um, and also knowing what your abilities are as a podcaster, what your limits, what your strengths, uh, limitations, what your strengths are, uh, how do you, what do you actually? Put in your budget so there are a lot of different things you know we've been talking about running events usually for us that means running tabletop rpgs yeah Uh, like i ran base raider games you ran those security scenarios Mm because hey those are the games we're selling um and but as a con as a game designer that's not the only thing you can do you can do other things uh one other thing common is of course either the the workshop seminar or lecture—the guy talking to people, um, event where you're you're the all-knowing game designer and you have some expertise or something—and so you talk to a bunch of people. That's a pretty basic thing. If you're especially if you're good at public teach or public speaking or you have a teaching background or something like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for shill factor, just yeah. from a sheer marketing standpoint, that's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. There's one of you. There's more of them. There's a finite number of people you can work into a table type game. Yeah, definitely. And seminars is how many people you can attract to the seminar.
1: So. Yeah, and uh, the, of course, that's the thing is they're all going to be at least an hour long or more, and like you really need to prep for that. And you're not, you, you know, a lot of these cons don't have good ADD budgets, so you you can't expect to do a PowerPoint presentation unless you have that gear with you and you're willing to haul it around. And, and you really want to bore your audience to death. So yeah. if you
0: hate the people you're talking to, be sure to bring a PowerPoint. And make yeah. them. There's a reason in the laundry files a PowerPoint opens a portal to hell that drives people insane. You have opinions about PowerPoint. <laughs> I'm just saying it's 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 like, like a cliche program at this point. Yes, yeah. it had uses. Yes, it was useful. It's been driven so far to the point that when you turn it on, people are going to automatically knee jerk away from it. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: that's because they're so often poorly used. Like, yes. when I went to PAX, uh, they, for the modernizing fantasy pod, uh, RPGs, they actually use them well because, like, here are the games we're talking about. Just, yeah, I,
0: I will give, like, yeah. a PowerPoint that has a picture on it yeah. or a bulleted point that is, like, three words. Yeah. Those are superior. Um, uh, most people turn around and worship the PowerPoint God. Oh yeah, can no. Stare at the back of their heads. They're
1: they're totally overused. Uh, one thing you could also <laughs> do is have handouts. Uh, yes, that I would did be that great. for the zombie thing. Of course, that takes money. So you know, not much, but you know, you also it's also the weight too. You also have to think about like you're an adventure with an encumbrance limit. How much can shit can you carry? And what's the most important?
0: Oh uh, yeah, the best. Um, the best and seminar prep mm. I've ever seen. Uh, partly inspired this podcast with Jason Pinter, who did um, Spark, great role-playing mm-hmm. game, and Post Human Pathways, which I got to play, and was really fun. Mm. Um, and he did a game... He does game design seminars at Gen Con, and he will bring... He will talk about all these resources online, mm-hmm. and then said of, like, links, he's just like, hey, you want those resources? And he'll just, like, throw CDs out to the crowd with every PDF and every podcast that he's talking about burned onto it already and it takes like i mean in terms of they're just cdrs like yeah. they're it's not expensive prep but yeah. man, it's like really good con prep and really good seminar work. So
1: Yeah, um, along that lines, I actually found and I experimented with a new way of uh, getting digital content to people, which is what uh, they call them pirate boxes, but they're basically... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the pirate box uh, right. Basically, you take a Wi-Fi router. Mine, I got one that had a battery in it, so it was self-powered. And then you flash a Linux distribution on it, a special one, uh, that basically makes it into, instead of being an internet hotspot, basically makes it its own like wi-fi network so when you connect to pirate box uh, wi-fi network uh it redirects your bow- or browser to a web page it says hey here are the files available on this particular server you can download it. it's not connected to the internet it's just its own little kind of like a bbs a bulletin board system yeah and uh there's a message board and there's a, a chat thing too and um so i put podcast episodes on it and people could download it at the po- uh, con
0: yeah and and my plan for gen con this year is to um forward to you uh, some economics articles and resources mm-hmm. you can use because we're going to do the um mm-hmm. uh money is the root of all fun the economics and gaming seminar oh that's a good idea uh and we'll just i i just we'll just throw some interesting resources up there and links yeah. to our books and things like that and we can just be like hey you can just bring it to the
1: panel and say, hey, here's connect to this. Here's the firebox.
0: Connect to this if you like what we're talking about. Well, we're just going to talk. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That's um, a really good idea. Yeah. I was actually planning to do that, too, also with like the uh, for the same games thing. I'm running. I'm going to, like, here are the yeah. quick start rules. Here's the uh, and characters. And the same thing games. for
0: Game Designer Workshops. Yeah. like Here's all the episodes of Game Designer Workshops we've done so far.
1: Yeah. yeah. You can just download. shy
0: from the one we're recording right now
1: because <laughs> it doesn't work like that uh, <laughs> but it was also cheap it was like 50 bucks to get the hardware to do it uh, installing it took about an hour I will link on the show notes so you can try it out and I'm totally to
0: using them in red markets because that's a yeah. great thing to go out into yeah. a wasteland to grab like some box attached to a yeah solar panel well that's i mean it's behind. also is a
1: practical tool like it, it has a range of a couple hundred feet and you could you know if you could boost the signal then like that neighborhood has its own little network like you know house five can chat to house 10 like hey there's zombies on my side can yeah you draw exactly away? so like it's a really cool idea so also here's porn because yeah. everyone's going to download porn well what, well it's cats porn <laughs> and uh, uh what was the other thing uh, video. Yeah, yeah. There's only three things on the internet. Yeah. I mean, that was what we decided. The podcast yeah. open forum. Um. So, so I the other thing. Of course, the next one would be a panel discussion. Yeah, which is easier than all those lectures. Way or, easier because you just get some people and you talk. So the difficulty in that is getting other people who are worth, you know, expounding on in public about that shit. And so, like, you need to network in order. Like, hey, do you want to be on my panel about this? And, um. Yeah, that, I'm really psyched with Rob Boyle's going to the, yeah.
0: uh, like, uh, Jack Graham from Post-Human. Like, people will fight, like, dogs to yeah. get him. Like, yeah. K- yeah. <laughs> Kenneth Hyde and Robin Laws, who, like, yeah. are no... <laughs> are no newbies to the podcasting our realm or doing panel will like fight to get Jack to show up and tell weird ass gaming stories Yeah, no, about his first character in D&D like yeah just hang out with interesting people and that's up or network discussion. and yeah. I mean
1: because the thing is you need to get people who are good speaking in public Yeah, like there are some game designers there are some people that just kind of clam up like in movies uh, I don't know if you ever watched an interview with the Coen brothers but they are just like so reticent motherfuckers when it comes to oh writing. yeah they're terrible interviews yeah they're terrible they just won't yeah yeah no it was a good movie yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i i would agree with that like that's it like so it is your is true grit about the what like, the death of the west yeah sure you know yeah, like, i guess it's in there <laughs> yeah so you don't want those kind of people for your podcast or for your panel whatever yeah. it's about um so those are kind of basic events um what aside from running your own game and those kind of the, the events we've been well, for,
0: if you're gonna run specifically specific yeah. game, if you're running games at a con, you need mm-hmm. to run a specific type of game. Like, yeah, that is in itself a game design challenge. Like yeah. four hours, finite, uh, variable number of players, probably too many players. Um, and, and how are you going to prepare for that? So yeah. I have my own thoughts on like con game. crap. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, oh well, I'll go. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, first off, you you you—it's really more of an extended like two to three encounters. You 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 don't get the depth you get with a smaller group, especially a group that knows each other. Uh, and you're gonna have six players. You want to have everybody have input, so you can't have a very complex story. It has to be a pretty basic kind of like get from point A to point B. That doesn't mean it can't be boring or like cliche or whatever. It's just you're not gonna tell the fucking you know Tolstoy novel in this time period so uh the one thing is also try to get the, set up a scenario so that there's not much railroading like throw them loose and let them come up with a plan and talk and but not let them linger you know like uh you're on a stranded island you're on a desert island here are your resources what do you do if you don't fix it in 30 minutes you'll start drowning you know whatever like that's a great setup you know like put some urgency in there uh, keep it simple and keep it exciting, uh, and also uh, make sure the character you, you have to spend some time explaining the rules because you know you can't assume that they all know the rules. Yeah, um, and make sure you have pl- dice, all the resources you need for everyone in the game. So extra pencils, extra dice, ac- uh, character sheets, obviously, and uh, yeah, pre-generated characters. You're not making characters a consonary. What the hell? Uh, I did. Well, all right, you're you're the special snowflake. Um. But, yeah I
0: understand what you're saying
1: yeah so that those are my bare bones any con RPG scenario would be like that for a board game or a card game obviously you need all the components of the game you need to know the rules well enough that you can explain it very easily and just sort of be you know it's teaching the game to other people, so you you know you have to know it better, far better than you do as an average player. So
0: yeah, um, definitely when you're factoring in your con time to run the scenario, you got four hours, but factor in uh, just take ten minutes off already for people being late. Yeah, gamers are notoriously flaky. That's what the I world. use. Like
1: people, I, I hand people a stack of pregens, and they yeah. can start because then they can read them over and they can get. A
0: yeah, stack. you should do that, but like you're gonna have to rest state those rules when the light guy shows up and doesn't know what the system is um yeah. and then factor in the time it takes you to take and explain the system so yeah. normally when i run a con game depending on the system like um so for example my a better angels game we do character creation and i explain the rules because i find yeah. it's easier to explain the rules when we do character creation um for that instance i usually get fact of the game being done in three hours yeah um for i ran uh bryson springs and fall without end in trail of cthulhu um those are a bit more simplistic rules uh but i had pre ready to go for that so i usually made that about 15 30 did minutes you have any? we car- ran it in three and a half did
1: you have any like character story or anything written up for your pre
0: yes i had like two sentences max um so for instance so that's where it gets to my uh, design aesthetic for a con scenario. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of the railroad. And in fact, I think you should have railroad scenarios work really well at cons, but they should be multiple tracks. Like, yeah. you should let the players pick their track, but they're headed towards the dramatic well, conclusion. Because a con scenario, as a thing of selling your book, yeah. is going to be really disappointing if there is no narrative climax. However, the other aesthetic for that is that whatever the player says goes a uh, don't negate aesthetic. So yeah, for definitely. instance for my for my Trail of Cthulhu definitely. games like I had the pregens I had all the characters knowing somebody else there with the exception of uh I brought Aaron's character back and I gave him the Trail of Cthulhu drive for bad luck which <laughs> gives you a mechanical incentive for making terrible horror movie incentive decisions. So Basically, I did like short vignettes with every group and explained why they were going there. They all met up at the gas station, and then it's Trail of Cthulhu. Start spinning points to get story, and people did that, and it worked great. Uh, Fall without end. I was just like, "There's the map. That's everything you know about the mountain. You have talked to everything, everybody they know about the mountain. You have a partner, and you need to get to the top. Pick your route, uh, yeah. and then the stuff happened depending on what route they took and what time." Yes. Yeah, so well, I think my that's thing the, about... Yeah. That's the railroad pick your track method. Better Angels. I had seven people. I'm like, all right, y'all I have superpower. School's going to close. You need some money. What do you want to do? And yeah. they're like, well, we need a fence. So I'm like, oh, I had that thing. Find a fence. So I'm like, well, I don't know what else to do. I'm like, uh, and then people are like, is there a national monument in the city? Sure. What do you want? Like, I'm just... It's designed based on narrative convenience. Yeah, we have that. Can we kidnap Kanye West? Sure. Yeah, kidnap the hell out of Kanye West. That was an interesting role-playing challenge for yeah. me. But, yeah, uh, that, that, that's the other end of the spectrum where it's just like, oh, no, yeah, that's there, obviously. Why wouldn't that be there? Uh, well, yeah. I think
1: what I meant by not having a railroad was in the sense that you don't want a game where you have to give them 30 minutes of setup before they get to make a choice. Exactly. meaningful choice. Exactly. In transit, like, it took me about 15 minutes of them being on the subway, escaping the killer robots, to get to the point where, hey, there's a base, you found it, you can get superpowers, you need to save the city.
0: Yeah, but structure itself is not bad.
1: Yeah, no, you need to give them, like, you need to give them a very obvious goal. Like, you know, uh, rescue rescue the prisoner, or kill the bad guy, or stop the MacGuffin from destroying the city. Uh, But that is... um,
0: I think it's that middle ground. I think it's that middle ground that's dangerous. Like... If you're running a mystery game, yeah. yeah, there needs to be structure. You can't have it's a, a con face. game. Yeah. yeah, you're showing it off. You need to get to certain set pieces. You need to get to certain encounters. Mm-hmm. And you need to make sure that they have multiple routes to get there and they have agency. But you need to get there. like You can't... Yeah. Uh, but on the other end, if you don't have that, it needs to be freeform. What do you want to do? It's that middle ground where like you've got certain things that you plan and you really want your characters to get to. But they've gone off and killed charlie chaplin that's, yeah, that's exactly what i said that's what you don't want yeah. in a con scenario like them missing the scenario yeah. and going on and that happens sometimes with a group but you don't want that in a con scenario yeah. either yeah. like you need
1: to give them feedback either the game what becomes
0: about ch- killing charlie chaplin and everyone has a great time with that and that's what that you were fine with that from the very start or yeah. you need to make sure it stays on the tracks
1: yeah know? uh so yeah there there are a lot of considerations um, and definitely practice like definitely run groups especially run groups where you're not used to because like every con group will have a different dynamic you know because even if there's similar players or players you played with before that exact combination of players at that time and place will play differently than what you may expect like you know my first group was very passive and I sort of had to go, go them along my second group uh, base writers they're like, hell yeah, let's do this. You know, they 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 had their own plans. They they took suggestion very well and they were very active and they came up with their own ideas for compelling fake points, which I find a lot of new players don't do. You know, they don't find ways to give give themselves more fake points through compels. Yeah. And um so you kinda have to be ready to play to a wide range of players.
0: Yeah, and it was um it's great to do that. Like uh, the first game I ran, Bryson Springs most people were familiar with the podcast and the game and Trail of Cthulhu. Yeah. Uh, Fall Without End, I got about half and half. Half were players from Bryson Springs. Yeah, But then the other half were some older guys, uh, one of which had never played Cthulhu before. Uh, and another one who played it and hated it. And uh, so we were playing Trail of Cthulhu, and I, I ran Fall Without End, even though it's not very investigative in Trail of Cthulhu, because you're spending points on rolls... And that idea of dwindling, like, yes, you're a powerful, athletic superhouse, but it's, like, negative 30 degrees, you're hanging off the side of mountains, and worms are trying to eat you, and you haven't (laughs) eaten in three days. Like, that idea of, like, yes, you're awesome, you're exceptional, it doesn't matter, like, things are bigger than you. Um, Yeah. It was very cosmic horror-y, it was very bleak, we had... One go insane and go into an alien world and two survive by the end of it out of six players. And it was it was really it was really fun. And that guy was like, that was great. I finally get Cthulhu now. Like that was awesome. I always felt like when I played Cthulhu, I just sucked at everything, and why would I be there if I sucked at everything? But I felt like a good person who was like capable, and it still was horrible and beat me. (laughs) And I'm just like, wow, that's that's great. And like he bought the book, and like, you know, he's gonna tell people that trails. Cthulhu isn't bad so like that's a guy who before with his group was like Cthulhu sucks you Mm -hmm. just suck at everything you miss a clue and the game's terrible well he's into Trail now and he'll talk up my scenario so like that's 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 what you want you want a conversion moment like that
1: yeah exactly Um, and yeah that's that's the heart of con work uh is getting that winning that that person over because i mean you don't have a budget to have big ads or even you know banner ads or whatever promotional things so like yeah this is this is what it's about being a game designer is going out and meeting the fan meeting the public and uh uh, answering the questions and getting them excited about games
0: yeah and we were in the better angels game and i mean it was a gaming convention so gender parity sadly was not uh going on but we ran a better angels game with seven players and i i had almost 50 50 Mm -hmm. um males to females and um there was a mother there who had her who had her uh infant child and she was a really good kid and she was worried about that i'm like i don't care yeah play with your kid and stuff and so and they were all teachers and they were the best role players in the group like they came up with the best plan they came up with a plan for the supervillains to kidnap themselves. Half <laughs> the supervillains actually went in the costumes, and the other half pretended to be like poor high school students <laughs> and then helped sabotage the rescue attempts. Wow. It was brilliant. Like, they were great players. Better
1: play- better planners than Chan. I yeah, find yeah. it hard ooh, then to yeah. believe. Yeah. <laughs> Take
0: that. Um, but they had a great time. And, like, I think, it, again, with that group, they hadn't played Better Angels before. Yeah. so I think I'm pretty sure I sold some copies of the core book but then everyone is asking like when the Kickstarter comes out and for my Twitter yeah. and like that's going to be really important because yeah. the Kickstarter is how foundation. I get my paycheck yeah. for a job I've already done yeah
1: so yeah I needed that that's good <laughs> um so, and the thing is you were you you ran it smoothly, and you let them you rolled with the punches like, "Oh, you have a kid, yeah, that's fine." So like in other words, you we were made professional. the kid, we made the kid yeah. her demon
0: because yeah. <laughs> a guy had to leave the table to go to the bathroom, so her demon what? became Kaylee, the professionally fussy. (laughs) so she talked to the kid and she's like
1: ah well I know Kaylee but I don't want to flay them alive (laughs) (laughs) wow that's interesting family dynamic I I, I bet you will tell Kaylee about that years from now (laughs) Um, yeah so yeah it went really well um, but in other words, you were professional when you were doing it. So like professionalism is sort of important when you're at a con cause you're being, you're in there in a professional capacity. Yes. Uh, so what do you, what, when I say professionalism, what comes to mind, Caleb? Uh,
0: okay. Well, <laughs> first off, our podcast is wonderful. Of course. <laughs> and you should only listen to it, but, yeah. um, they'd recently did this on Ken and Rob and talk about stuff and mainly Robin laws talked about professionalism. And he is so just violently in your face Canadian, nice, like <laughs> aggressively nice. Yeah, uh, that you know he's he's great to listen to it. He brings up a lot of good points, and yeah, all that kind of stuff. You know, be nice, be professional, be on time, mm-hmm. uh, punctuate your emails. All, all that kind of stuff is on there. But another thing about gaming podcasts, they didn't talk about it because he's so he's so Canadian. Is that um, a few stereotypes in gaming about certain type of people in gaming are based in fact. Like, you're not going to find people who are as socially aware as you in every instance. Um, and while I... Not all
1: gamers not like all that. Not all gamers are like that, game. but it
0: does happen. It yeah. is a mixed group of, of people. Um, and while I, I, I had a great time with everyone I interact with and a great time with fans, and it's not like I'm, like, judging people based on nerdy or stuff, they might bring up stuff that you find offensive. Like, yeah. uh... Like there are were some gender things said that I wasn't yeah. wild about. There were some uh homosexual slurs said that I wasn't wild about, and I actually tamped down on that in my game once yeah, uh somebody brought up the m r a thing and I failed to shut up about it, but I tried <laughs> to be as nice and diplomatic about saying that. Post-human was right. Yeah. Uh, and
1: being intolerant of intolerant people is not <laughs> an irony. Intolerance, yeah. yeah There's no
0: irony in that. They're yeah. a hate group. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and I tried to be diplomatic about that. But, like, if that's a thing. Like, if you want to go into a con as a social justice warrior – You're going to die on that hill and no book (laughs) will be sold. Like, uh, you know, and, you know, congrats for you Mm -hmm. to stick into your guns like that. But uh, that's a professional angle angle that I did not. I I mean, I've come up before, but I didn't think about explicitly until we started talking about this podcast. Because, like, yeah, that's the thing. You need to be polite to people who may not share the same views as you. You need to be polite to people. And you need to keep it about the games and fun because, like, they make those comments and that it, you can make the game derail on that or you can make it about the game. And there's nothing more, there's nothing more powerful than making about the game and dismissing that issue. Yeah. Because uh, that, that is the best scenario. Nobody feels uncomfortable in that scenario. So. Yeah.
1: Well, I think in addition to that, I think as a game designer, um, you should be professional in the sense that you should not badmouth other things in the game industry except Fatal. Um, <laughs> well, uh, Palladium got some love too in there. Uh, you, but uh, there are kind of, Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like you, like even Palladium, because the thing is, as a game designer. Um, there are, are going to there. There is a Venn diagram where there is an overlap between people who buy No Security and people who play Palladium. Yeah, 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 I agree. So, like, the more you alienate people because trashing a game or game designer, you're you're alienating potential fans, except for Fatal. Yeah. So. It, it,
0: there's a lot of stuff that RPG steals from acting, or yeah. has in corollaries with acting, and, and one of the things, if you're working at a con as a game designer, you should really kind of internalize, unless you're at the bar, is the five-mile the five mile rule. Yeah. It's like, you don't allow yourself to say anything negative about anything until you're five miles away from the venue. Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing if you're an actor that goes see a play. It yeah. can suck, it can be terrible, it could be the worst thing you've ever seen, and you can rip on it all you want for being like, Tommy Wasow bad. But you need to be in the car five miles away from the theater before you do that. Um,
1: and that's I, a really I, good way of putting it. Yeah,
0: yeah and I I, th- I think you should do that because like yeah, you don't know who you're going to offend, and it's not like I was like constantly furious or or like wanting to talk to people. Like I, I shouldn't make it sound like that. It was fun and I had a great time and I talked to everybody. Yeah, yeah. it was cool. But that is something to consider when you're out there, you know, visibly plugging your book. I mean, like because yeah. people are going to have different levels of experience. They're going to remember things you say. Yeah, yeah they're gonna they're gonna remember things you
1: say. And you don't uh, and, want to burn bridges that don't necessarily have to be burned. Yeah, like there are certain podcasts talking about how they are no longer gonna uh, ever gonna win at any because of things that they've done or yeah. things that they've said. Uh, and and like the, there's a
0: big aesthetic at Fear the Con yeah. that is not my aesthetic in gaming. Like mm-hmm. it is very much. Uh, while there was some variety, it is very much geared towards fantasy mm-hmm. D twenty. Uh, high fantasy kind of gaming, yeah, uh, Pathfinder D anD d that is just not my aesthetic at all. But right. like, I don't blame people or find myself superior to people because I don't share that, yeah, belief. And that's a bad tendency that all nerds have. Yeah, that you really have to tamp down on if you're going to be trying to make yourself a, a professional game designer because like, yeah, it's
1: really bad. And yeah, game. even other things like uh, there are a lot of whipping boys out there like furries or bronies or stuff like that, subcultures, uh, juggalos. And, like, you know, it's not that you cannot, you you don't have to be an emotionless robot who, you know, uh, can never have opinions about things, but... The more opinionated you are, the more you feel like you have to voice your opinions. Unless you're being a professional game designer, the more you're being a talking head pundit type, you know, or like an opinionated a blogger, or something like that. Yeah, they. they I talk, mean, you're not really being about game design anymore. You're not, they,
0: yeah, they talked about it in the RPG thing is that people who try and sell themselves with controversy. Yeah, and that doesn't work. Like our industry is not big enough. Yeah, to be a iconoclast, Glenn Beck yeah what can i say to piss people off and get them to listen to me kind of thing like and that's a mistake some people make like but no it's too small you're just going to piss off everybody yeah you know it's it's not going to happen you know and the thing about like the the picked on groups of things like that like i'm going to pick on fatal because it advocates well no fatal is
1: everyone should
0: and it's horrific shit on fatal and so like people were talking about i'm going to go play a fatal game later after hours at the con i'm like that's gross yeah I'm not going to do that like yeah. uh but and and then the MRA thing yet again explicitly hatred that's a different there's a difference between that and like a, a furry like someone I don't understand yeah. like and what I would say is like who is a furry hurting like yeah. do you find yourself superior because you find other humans sexy so you watch regular person porn <laughs> that just involves you know the rampant sexual abuse and the drug enslavement and the human trafficking yeah, you're a better person because you don't. Pay an artist money to work a living wage and draw an animal with boobs. <laughs> like, who, like, what is really the harmful yeah. sculpture here? Like, <laughs> y- you know, and that kind of, yeah. So, yeah, you don't like, yeah, you could make fun Unless of the people. Unless they're
1: furries who play Fatals, in and which case. This, and they get things. out, get yeah. Them, throw a yeah. smoke bomb, jump out the window. <laughs> um,. You heard it from here. It's morally acceptable to hate on people who play fake.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, yeah, nerds like to hate, and it's really good to be opinionated because nerds are passionate. Yeah. But at the same time, you need to avoid being negative in any instance where you find yourself able to do so.
1: I mean, if you're one of those people who always has to feel like my – I have to uh, broadcast my opinion everywhere. Uh, and there are those kind of people out there. Um, you have to t- decide what's more important: to you that opinion or your game design. Because like you, you, you keep doing that enough, and people aren't going to even remember your game designer that you are a game designer. Oh, he's the loudmouth who occasionally makes a game, not the game designer who has opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: And, and what really brought this up is yeah. that not talking too much about the the gossipy podcast yeah. form thing is uh, that they brought up the. Someone brought up their they did a podcast episode over some the supposed m r a yeah hypocrisy, yeah I air quoted that <laughs> um of post saying, "Get out if yeah. you're an m r a uh and like they were and and it was descending into talking about that, and like I know those guys, they have been fantastic yeah. to we and given us a lot of work, yeah, and they are wonderful to work with, and I love their game, and I really wanted to be like. So, like, I spoke up, right. and I maybe shouldn't have done that. I don't know. It was mixed company. I didn't know if I was going to offend anybody, but I, I, I did speak up on it. I mission. mean, I think... It's but like, I felt that was, like, a serious, yeah. like, okay, I'm going to be nice. You are mistaken. I'm not angry at you, but yeah. I don't think you fully understand the issue because you're, you're not a member of the forums. Yeah. You don't know the guys. And i And I brought it up like, "Well, are you aware of this and i I', wasn't, and I think that
1: was the right thing to do because
0: I didn't point a finger yeah. and scream, Jacuse like uh
1: yeah. which would be the bad way to do it um well, I think the thing is you don't have to be an emotionless robot either, and um post human clearly made a choice that their company is going to reflect a certain every game sort of reflects certain values, and uh there, you know politics is everything uh, critical theory uh so they said that their game is not going to reflect mra values or ideology and so they that's what they said and that means you know as a personal corporate decision or and and, well just a personal philosophical decision uh as people who associate with them and we're, we're sort of known to be you know we're not we don't work we're freelancers we're not formal employees or whatever uh but we can still. I, I think we still have that that sort of not obligation, but certainly a privilege of being able to like go out and say, "Here's what their position is," as I understand. I've talked to them. I sort of have an idea of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, so clarifying a company's position or your own position on a certain controversial topic uh, is certainly yeah. Valid. Don't roll over. Don't yeah, like Don't agree with
0: anything people say, regardless yeah. of what they say. But keep, keep it focused Stand up for on, what you believe You are it. there for the game. You right? are there, yeah, exactly. Keep it focused on the game. So, like, if they demand your opinion about something, give it to them in as polite a way as you can. Yeah. But, like, if someone says, like, a slur or says something nasty about women or something like that, don't agree
1: with it. You well, yeah. don't have
0: to do that. But you can make it like,
1: well, I don't agree with that or let's not yeah. talk about that. Or your religion. Not... I mean, there are Christian gamers out there. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and certainly if you're dealing with one of those, like, really smug... Atheist, new athe- atheist people who is really obnoxious. I mean, you'd certainly, as a, if you're a Christian game designer, or podcaster, you certainly, you know, I wouldn't feel you were being unprofessional to like, here are my, here's my values, here's what I believe in. You're being offensive to me, you know, or you know, disagreeing in a polite but firm fashion.
0: Yeah, and they were like, uh, that the, didn't so,
1: happen at Fear the Common. Yeah, just,
0: no, not at all. The Saving the Game guy, and yeah, there yeah. there were a number of Christian gamers there. And like talk about just not bringing up things negatively. Like, I don't yeah. think anyone's in uh, uncertain about my religious views <laughs> at this point who listens to the podcast. But at no point was I like Richard Dawkins. And yeah, no, anybody. you don't want to. Do that. I didn't bring it up. I didn't like go up to like the people from Saving the Game. And be like, have you guys played Revelations? Yeah, you'll really like. this. buy my book. Like, I didn't like that. Would just be a dick move and like really unwarranted. And they were yeah. very nice people. So yeah. they were
1: so uh that's kind of our, our our thoughts on professionalism i think in a in a basic sense um you know another thing is you know not every everyone has even been like if you're a game designer you haven't even been to a con before or you have very little experience going to a con you, you, before you're worrying about all these sort of advanced things like selling books or networking well, the, That's the other thing You can do spending, We didn't even talk About networking
0: yeah, yeah I mean I suppose Like in terms of The aesthetic of RPPRDW We're kind of going Backwards on our Word on this one Because yeah. like Going to a con To sell your book Is a step up In terms of game design Yeah You need to go to a con well,
1: you can, First Well I, I mean Like the, you
0: need to go To play and enjoy yourself Yeah And then once you get The feel of the thing you Then you need to go Plug your book
1: You know that actually You know that brings up A whole nother topic, which is going to a con as a game designer without something to sell. Just going there for promotional reasons and playtesting.
0: Yeah, to learn or, or playtest. Yeah, yeah. Well, to,
1: to get feedback, because that's really important, too, because your game needs that kind of um, response from strangers in order to see if it actually works.
0: And I, I still would like to get red markets playable mm-hmm. before we go to Gen Con. But yeah, that would be that is an invaluable resource. Yeah. Sort of pre betas or
1: um, I was actually one of the games I played in uh, during one of my spots off was with in the Heart of Darkness, a fantasy RPG that a guy's been developing from since nineteen ninety eight and it's still in development, but you can go on to his Heart of Darkness, and get the uh, uh, rules for it. And so he was there just to promote and tweak yeah. the rules to see how it worked. For a larger group, and uh, that is so. Even if you're, if you got a work in progress, like a con is a great time, is a great place to test a new game. Something like Red Markets, it one, if it hopefully uh, that would be a good thing to try out.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, we'll do a Red Markets update. Yeah, yeah, in in a, in a few minutes, but like, yeah, it, it is because they owe you nothing. Like those, yeah. I mean. I'd love to playtest it with RPPR fans and stuff and and I plan to but like I I'll be completely honest my ideal Red Markets playtest group is people who have no idea who I am or what Red Markets is. Yeah. Like I there's going to become a phase where like I want RPPR fans playing it, I want them running it for their own groups and I yeah. think that's great but there's going to become a phase that when I playtest it I'm going to run it for people who are complete strangers to me. Well, you or want to I'm do gonna, it to strangers. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. want strangers to run it and let me watch or hear or about yeah. them in notes. So uh, that's an invaluable resource that you can really only get at cons. And you can like, do that.
1: And you can do that. Obviously, you're just going there to run games. You don't need promotional materials. You don't need a, a booth or whatever. Um the other thing is networking, which is just, i.e., not like if you're an aspiring writer, getting work as a freelancer, which I've done, which is literally just researching your companies ahead of time uh, and then approaching them at the con and saying, hey, can I talk? Not while they're working the booth, by the way. I mean, you can say hi, give them your card, and then find out when a good time to talk to them would be, which would usually be after. Because if they're at the booth, they're trying to sell, you know, so they're going to be busy. Um but after hours, or after a panel, or a workshop, or some other event that they're doing, like, hey, can I pitch you this? And then like try and sell them. So that's the first thing. But the other thing is, as a game designer, you need artists. You need layout art. You know, either graphic designers for layout, artists for you know pretty pictures. Um, you need other people to help out with your game usually. And a collect kind of, cards. Yeah, or collect cards.
0: If you do a podcast, be like, hey, talk you to me need about people, game design. Yeah. Sell your book, and then what I would do is after I do a GDW, because we have to walk to a press room or somewhere where it's not deafening at Gen yeah. Con, then I'll talk to people about stuff. Like that yeah. was my primary networking goal. Yeah. And I already have my targets for Gen Con, yeah. although they're secret.
1: Um, uh, but yeah. If you have a game out, then I would make sure you have find out what kind of media is going to be there in terms of gaming media bloggers or podcasters. Get some review copies. Just give them out, especially if it's a print copy. That will actually, like, hey, PDFs are easy to give out, and I get, I've gotten a ton of them, and I, I've reviewed some of them, but not all of them. Because there's just so many out there, but a physical book I feel obligated more likely to eventually get to it in terms of reviewing it or getting Tom or someone else to actually read it because i'm I'm a horrible monster Um uh, yeah, so I'm, have get, yeah. y- review copies are a valid expense as a game designer so exactly because the few bucks it takes to print a book is not like versus having a hundred or a thousand people read your review you know is uh, you know cost benefit ratio very favorable exactly uh, um so networking is another valid thing um and but don't be
0: like you're not a stockbroker don't yeah don't network with people because you think they're going to be a gateway or into something yeah. like this really isn't that industry like there aren't a whole lot of gatekeepers like yeah can you spell, write it decently, like, then you're going to be fine, but you can make it yourself, but like talk to people you're interested in games yeah. you like, things like that
1: That's. I mean, I, I, I approached Art Dream because I liked monsters and other t- childish things, yeah. and I wanted to write for them, and I wanted to write more stuff for that game, and uh, then, uh, same with Post-Human Studios, I wanted to write Eclipse Phase, because like, holy shit, now that I spent a year figuring it out I actually want to write it. Yeah.
0: I think the only reason I got any work out of Post Human is because the year that I gave them the pitch for No Evil, which yeah. they, they couldn't do and they didn't want yeah. to do, obviously, uh, I had to give it through you because I couldn't go. Because I yeah. think if I was there, I would have done it the exact wrong way you're supposed to do networking, yeah. and I would have gone up there and fanboy gushed. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Because yeah. sh- <laughs> I just I love the game so much. Yeah. I, and that probably would have been really bad because I would have been like, yeah, huge anime eyes like, oh, senpai noticed me. Yeah, um, but yeah, don't do that. No. Just be like, hey, I do this,
1: you do this too. Could we do
0: this together?
1: Yeah, no. That, yeah, you have to treat. Uh, There's somebody at the the podcast forum who had a really good thing where the, the minute you're a fanboy, you're dead. Like in terms of networking or getting people to come on your show or whatever, because it's like you had to treat them with. You have to be worthy of respect. I guess is what he was saying. You have to be someone. You have to act. Like you're not some oh I worship you or whatever. You have to be like, hey, I'm doing this thing. I respect your work. Can we do this or whatever it is? An interview? Can I write for you or whatever? Yeah. Do you, what was that guy saying? You do you remember it was at the podcast open for him. Dan was talking about giving advice to that guy how he can height on his show.
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh I forgot. Was Chris? Yeah. I think it was I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was. It's it's really good advice. Um, I mean, but at the same time, don't think yourself. Like, like if I'm going to go up to Ken Hyde and I'm be like, oh, height, I guess I could do something with you. Like, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. like, then you're done. Like, faux, faux brav- bravado is yeah. not going to do you any good. Like, no. go like you'd approach somebody who's more experienced at your job. Yeah, like, a manager yeah. that you respect or somebody higher up and be like, I'm doing this. Could you help me out? I yeah. like what you do like yeah make it water cooler talk do not be yeah. like gushing and don't don't by any means internalize the weird weird idea that some people have about game designers like we're all competitive and out to get each other yeah like that's that's uh that's a very yet again a subset that is not quite socialized as the rest but like no one is like I'm going to take you down, you son of. A-. It's not like Apple. There are like-
1: rivalries, but those but but are-
0: like they're personal
1: rivalries. Yeah. It's not like and those are very specific. You're taking
0: and- my market share or yeah. anything like that. Like they're people who don't get along because they have different personalities. Yeah. It's not and that's also really rare because most people keep it about the games.
1: Yeah. So. Um- and just don't ever try to get anybody to sign an NDA unless they're unless you're paying them to write for you or something. <laughs> write stuff for you. Like and be like, Oh I have this great idea. I'd like you could you give me advice on it? but first can you sign this NDA? And be like, No. Like just no. No one wants to steal your idea. Yeah. That's <laughs> no one no one cares. Yeah. Uh so that's that that's it. Yeah.
0: Once it exists, it'll have copyright law, and then maybe they'll care. But yeah. an idea that doesn't exist in any real form yet, no one's going to steal it. Yeah,
1: yeah because it, the idea is only like ten, per, like one percent of it. The ninety-nine yeah. percent of it is like hard fucking work of writing <laughs> and editing the goddamn thing in the first yeah. place. So, exactly. um, so but yeah. Uh, finally, some basic con survival tips, especially um, shower, <laughs> bring deodorant uh sh- you know uh bring be stay hydrated, yeah uh, uh, don't just drink caffeine, bring no. like food, food in, like gin con, I always
0: pack snacks and stuff like that, although fear the Con had one of the most well run and reasonably priced concession yeah, yeah. areas I've ever seen from a convention, like, yeah, they'd bring it to your table like no, I no. was astounded, like it was, it was great, good. I ate there every day we were there,
1: but yeah. um that's the exception,
0: yeah, definitely the exception, like gin con, you don't want to pay. for a water or, you know, bring a Pop-Tart and just, yeah,
1: call it a day. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're not here to eat well. You're here to just... Survive. Yeah, survive. (laughs) Um, You know, get good shoes, comfortable shoes. Um, Don't... Packing, like, how much shit you're going to carry, like that's a huge consideration try to pack as light as possible because you're going to get more shit as the con goes on yeah people will give you stuff or you'll buy stuff and um you don't want to haul around a lot of equipment a lot of books a lot of cards or whatever uh so it's uh, again it's a marathon endurance event so um and try to refresh try to have little breaks don't like definitely don't run three games in a row Liked. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I mean your voice is a muscle. Almost
1: every con always set up sets up all the games in one room with a bunch of tables right next to each other. So everyone's gonna be yelling all the time. Yeah,
0: yeah, you gotta factor in your volume's also gonna be way higher than normal. Yeah, get
1: some um Dracula or those little uh lozenges
0: the guy at the rpg podcast yeah. just dumped lozenges all over the table and we just descended on them
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: like, all these podcasters like ah yeah
1: lozenges. <laughs> yeah because those are fucking useful as hell so yeah. um mm-hmm. so yeah the, any other tips
0: uh no that's that's pretty much it yeah uh i, I feel like i'm ready to promote Red Markets, even though it
1: doesn't exist yet. Alright, so, so uh, let's uh, turn to Red Markets then. Are the game updates?
0: Uh, yeah, so as far as the game updates, um, I production slowed. Um, there was... I finished up the freelancing job for Arc Dream. It's like a 200 plus page book that's in playtesting. I got another draft of that, but that took time, obviously. Uh, there were financial issues. I had a terrible job. I got a different terrible job. <laughs> Um, but this one allows me more time to write. So there was like a two- or three-month production stall. As of right now, I've got an idea for revamping the inventory system to make it more simplistic and reduce the number crunch, and I've written a complete outline of the book from...
1: And That'll be the next episode. Yeah, we're going to do
0: one over outlining and organizing your book. Um, but in-character sections, setting materials rules, GM section, it's all outlined. I know what I'm going to do it, what order it's going to be in. And the outline itself has gone through multiple drafts. And um, I'm going to start a complete rewrite of the rules once I get the headshot conundrum figured out. So uh, right now I'm designing an experiment to run with the RPPR guys to try. I have possible solutions, and I'm going to have pre-gen char- characters and we're going to run the same combat encounter multiple times with different pregens that are operating off different damage and combat hit location systems. Yeah. And then we're going to see like what we like and what we can piece together and see if we can come up with a solution to that. And once that's done, I know how to design the inventory system, and I'm going to do a complete rewrite of the rules uh, first. Then the hope is to get into some sort of campaign long-term play yeah. with the RPPR guys while I am hacking away at setting material. So that's where the game's at now. I need to come up with the headshot solution, rewrite the rules, then I'll probably play it with the RPR guys and send it out to some people on the forums as like a pre-alpha while I finish writing up the setting material. And then the hope for the Kickstarter is for an open beta. So Yeah. Uh,
1: Good. I'm looking forward to it. That's where Red Markets is at. Uh, In terms for me, um, actually my next... Kickstarter is not going to be uh the horror game ruin or uh I have actually the uh it's expanded. Uh there's actually two, at least two games now that I want to do. Um the next Kickstarter is going to be a base raiders uh, adventure uh that Peter Nielsen an RPPR fan and uh, uh writer and podcaster. Uh yeah, Yama. Um is written an is adventure, and so that's going to be sort of a smaller one or quickly done. Um, he's going to take the material from Task Force Darknet and staple a base onto the end of it. So you investigate, you try and figure out where the base is, then you go and investigate the base. And um, So that that is actually, he sent me the first draft a couple days ago, and I am going to uh, start reading it over. So we'll have a rough draft for the Kickstarter. And so it's a matter of getting art, layout, editing, all that junk.
0: How uh, great would it be if we got big enough where we could do an episode of this over editing and accepting submissions?
1: Yes. Yes, that'd be nice. That would be nice. We are not that big. Uh, <laughs> well, next. But the thing is, I uh, so for the, the architectural horror game, I basically I have a bunch of ideas. And I, I sort of figured out a cosmology behind The game, and like, why are there scary, weird, abandoned places where the laws of physics don't work anymore? You know, the House of Leaves kind of thing. And what I've actually, and but I also like the Carcosa slash Haster King in Yellow Mythos and Mythos. And I want to do two games now, and one is Ruin, which is the urban exploration. Uh, Slash, you're in a scary place, get out. You know, it's a very survival horror type game. One shots will just be trying to get out of one place and not die, maybe rescuing somebody, something like very basic. No investigation or very minimal investigation. That's the theme is survival horror. Uh, Campaigns will be about, like, can you get enough supplies? to then figure out, like, you need to get supplies first, because you're going to starve, or you're going to run out of water, you're not going to have medicine. You, like, really basic shit, while you're avoiding monsters or killing them, and blah, 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 blah. And now that you've got some supplies, you can you, you can have some free time to figure out what you want to do. Do you try and Figure out the truth behind the place you're in. Do you try and find a way out? Do you try and rescue family members? And this is the one that will have emergent character generation rules. Caleb and Aaron have done a play test with th- those kind of rules. Um,
0: Pumpernickel.
1: Yes, uh, where character creation happens during gameplay. You get you have a pool of unassigned points that you can assign during that are triggered during certain events. Uh, it's a really good idea, and it fits well with Gumshoe, like yeah. surprisingly well with Gumshoe, like yeah. Uh, so I'm really happy with that, but the other thing is I want to do a more narrative, like, well, in a sense, I want to do a game uh, based on the Haster, uh Carcosa mythos. Explicit,
0: like explicitly Lovecrafting, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, explicitly King and Yell. So basically, yeah. it would be a modern, like, a near future repair of reputations, where the 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 everything's gotten shitty, er, and uh, it's a dystopia, and like you know, there's. Uh, Security state has gone out of control, there's checkpoints, there's surveillance, uh, supplies are running low, everything's gotten shittier and shittier. And so you come into contact with Carcosa, which is like gradually infecting the city you're living in and turning it into Carcosa. Everyone's being replaced with monsters, basically. Um, and so you're trying to figure, but for some reason, you aren't only uh, you resisted it, you gained strange powers from it. And the whole focus of that is sort of like urban planning, architecture, and also uh, the tragedy, the comments. Instead of every sort of horror game has been like internal horror. Like the idea is your character's personal descent into hell. And I like that idea, but I want to do something where your character, it's about what happens around your character. It's about the environment, your community. So your powers don't affect you. They don't hurt you. All the costs of your power are externalized onto everything around you so if you read someone's mind they go crazy not you uh you use your powers it, it, you know sh- things bad things happen around you but you're fine so the question is how bad do you how, how bad will you let things get with your powers do you use them to risk your life to fight the monsters and only use them to fight the monsters awesome People are going to let things get bad. Oh no, I know. But that's the horror. So, (laughs) like, it's it's a player caused horror. So, in a sense, it's a little like better player characters
0: are the true monsters. I know,
1: and that that will be the most. That will be like, uh, and uh, eventually, of course, they confront the king in yellow. And they try and figure out, you know, try and survive a final confrontation or they fall into Carcosa. So that's a separate game. And part of it is actually uh, talking to my uh, uh, game distributor. He's like, you need to just, the best thing a new game designer can do is just keep releasing new games until one of them is a big hit. So, like, that's this, like,. <laughs> Like that's the thing. Like you just keep releasing. Like every time I release a new book, it all back sales uh, increase. You know, like people order everything for my catalog. Yeah. So I just so I need two games. So it's better to have two games than one big game. Um, no. And- I, yeah,
0: I agree. I, I really want uh, Red Markets out, and I really want it to be big and uh, you know new But Once you get game. that system, you but can do- once yeah once that's out, I'm gonna hack the system and I'm yeah. gonna do a lot of smaller stuff like. Yeah smaller well, get out the door fast yeah, yeah yeah a
1: fantasy version of that would be a huge seller like, yeah um so that's where I'm at right now in terms of that the the horror game and so like right now I'm trying to figure out one right now tentatively the Carcosa game is called City of Maths, because there's there literally is a game called Carcosa and I don't want anything to do with that so I can't just call it Carcosa, you know, and I can't call it the King and Yellow because it's about a city. It's a near future dystopian, so it's City of Masks, because if you're if you're a person who's replaced by a monster, you're called a mask, you know. Like, um, so that's a working title right now. Ruin is definitely the the, the scary place, urban exploration game, and. I'm not sure which one I want to do first. City of Masks, I want to write fiction for. And so that's a motivation for me because I've never written a full novel and I just want to do that. Um, oh,
0: yeah. That's another thing that slowed um, yeah.
1: Red Markets down. I wrote a novella. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kickstarter reward. <laughs> um, so I'm still I'm still doing design work. I'm still trying to get some input on people, which I sh- I know Caleb. You, you said I should work on Ruin first because you want to see that, uh, and that and that's fine. I'm I uh, but I want to. Try. I laid out my reasons. Yeah, and uh, they're very precise. To be summarily ignored. Uh, not necessarily. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably ignore <it>. Probably, <laughs> but like maybe not. <laughs> If I can think of a better title for a city, I probably will switch to that. But, I, I mean, Ruin is a better title. I really like Ruin because I spent fucking forever thinking of a title for yeah. that. And Gail knows about that, too. Um, I'm, I'm very much like, yeah, focus on that thing and freak out about it. And then, yeah, uh, then I ignore it. And
0: <laughs> now a new game. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Throw that on your shoulder yeah. and completely different game. It's a greater process. I can't control it. There's going to be a third game too, but I'm not even worried about that one. Yeah, that's next week. Um, so that's where I am with that, and so that's the games. That, and also, we're gonna be I'm gonna be setting up on Patreon uh, sometime in the next month.
0: And Caleb, will yeah, be we'll probably be doing more.
1: Yeah, of this, although yeah. less formal, I guess. Well, the RPPR after hours will be like everything, but. Can we
0: have like a funky after hours intro tune? Oh yeah! Can we write that oh, a lot clearly. of slap bass? Yeah.
1: <laughs> after hours. Um, the PPR. That's yeah, nice. I like <laughs> that. <laughs> um, we're eating fan fiction and bad movies. Saxophone. Movie yeah. Uh, review uh, <laughs> uh, bad movies too. So that's something to think about. Uh, we'll have more info, bit, information about that in the main podcast when we when I get ready to do that. I've yeah had dental surgery in the last week and so i've been kind of distracted by things so. yeah um anyway so we should have an anecdote oh uh, my god yes it's such an anecdote it is it was uh an rvpr listener uh, ethan yeah uh from columbia uh, offered to run a game for us after uh i ran a game for him yeah uh, after at, hours
0: on saturday so the yeah, last day of the con
1: uh last day of the con everybody went over to the jury inn, because uh, that's where most of the people who are going to the con are staying at. We yeah, were across the street. Well, actually, uh, yeah.
0: yeah, it was weird because we went to the Drury Inn. We were told that like that's where the big after-hours scene was. Everybody's playing board games and hanging out and drinking. Uh, so we go to the Drury Inn, and it's just like hospital at the dead of night. Just like pristine. You can hear the lights. There's nobody down there. So we go down there, and we set up with Ethan with the recorder. And we, we start to run the game. And the game is really kind of cool. Like, it's set in the Civil War. Right after the Civil right War. Right after the Civil
1: War. We're Confederate, Confederate
0: veterans. Confederate veterans. Uh, he had this great, this great idea of a random roll deformity table from the war. So I was a doctor who was missing his hand. And then uh, Ross's character was missing an eye. And had gonorrhea.
1: <laughs> and I was, like, huge. I had strength 17, psi <laughs> 17. Yeah, was,
0: like, so we <laughs> we immediately
1: mind. started sticking as yeah.
0: Lefty and the Cyclops. <laughs> 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 Working, like, hand and eye puns into our every interaction and yeah. just generally hating each other.
1: Yeah, basically we argued, like, an old married couple. It was great, so. Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, but... Bickering. But then everybody comes down in, like, a flood of people. So if, yeah. you, if that game gets posted... It just gets drowned out by a deafening number. In the of, first uh, half hour. Like, Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, you all are too loud. You're keeping guests up. So one of the Fear the Con guys, uh, Fear the Boot guys, running yeah. Fear the Con guys, like, all right, we're going to move this conference room. So we move this conference room. And they're like, well, no, wait, the conference room is too loud. So we're going to take all the stuff from the conference room, and we're going to go outside. So we go outside, and like... <laughs> Here's what I get is like the idea that we were going to go in the conference room, but we were too loud there. I love that they like did that because Drurian had set up beforehand by not allowing anyone to park there a zone in the parking lot that is no shit cordoned off with fucking police tape big ass I wish cuts. we'd
1: taken a photo of that. I, 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 wish, I, don't, I don't know if anyone's going to believe it. they probably. It's yeah. just
0: like this cordoned off, taped off square in the parking lot where they just funnel the nerds in and close it behind <laughs> us. <laughs> like a corral like
1: a refugee camp yeah, yeah
0: and like we're out there for minutes without and people are trying to get furniture, but for a while there we are just milling around on the parking lot inside the exclusion cordon and <laughs> <laughs>
1: And it was just utterly ridiculous. And so we eventually go back to the quality end. And uh, so we just go to, because it's just us two playing and then Ethan running it. So there's just three people. So we just go, we run the game in our room. Um, As creepy as that is. Yeah. It's kind of conducive for a Cthulhu game. (laughs) Very. Uh,
0: But yeah, it's like a brilliant scenario. Uh, There weren't enough people. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, No, I think two players was enough. I think the the problem. If I'd made any rolls. Any
0: roles. I did miss, like, every single
1: role. Well, again, uh, we still figure out the basic plot. It was... um Really, just uh, uh yeah, if it had been done in trail with two players. You could have done it. Like no, it,
0: it yeah. was a, There was nothing wrong with the scenario. There was everything wrong with the. Stuff we did give some feedback at the end, like yeah. some
1: minor structural things you could change or in terms of NPCs. But got it was a really by great horses. idea. Yeah, that was the thing. Like <laughs> uh, spoiler alert: Caleb's character is trampled to death by horses.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like one dodge check I failed. Yeah, he rolls damage from the book.
1: Yeah, horses are made of.
0: I don't titanium or something. They're. Caleb, being hit they're by horses really bad. And they're
1: strong, Caleb. But,
0: but I take 14 damage in one shot. Yeah. My, my hit 46. points. My hit points is like 11. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like, yeah. And then your huge size 17 characters start punching horses like Mongo. From no. I, fucking I blazing had, I saddle, had a stone too. war club I was
1: <laughs> beating them to death with. Yeah. I don't even know how stone war clubs work, but apparently I was just beating them with his. Carved piece of grain like to horses, yeah, I guess <laughs> um, and yeah it was it was great. I love the part where my character uh did a thing that caused the GM to have to spend like two minutes looking through the book <laughs> to figure out what the fuck would happen, yeah. Uh that was fun. My so. favorite
0: part was your artillery expert rolling a hundred yeah. to understand to recognize an artillery piece oh, I got the by the side of the road. Yeah. It looks like a tree down there. <laughs> Big old metal tree. It's got a hole in the top. Well, I am a cyclops. I... <laughs> yeah.
1: Depth perception isn't great. Yeah, it's not great. Uh so I, I, I think I am gonna post that.
0: But so yeah, yeah, it was a great game, but the the gamer exclusion zone was i was not expecting that it, people are gonna have such fucked up comments
1: when they're like it, it's just the noise level is gonna be crazier than anything we well then
0: ask. yeah then we recorded on the way back I, yeah yeah but we had to get out of there before someone asked to get to get on a train or something like <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was fucking weird yeah, get in the van get in <laughs> just the van. get don't worry about it yeah
1: we're taking we're you to a safe place <laughs> uh we're gonna re-educate you uh, um All right, so that's uh, episode five Conwork. Uh, We'll catch you guys next time. Bye.
0: I'd walk on home on the worst of days. I Masco